my mouth has gotten me, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, my mouth has had about as many spankings as my backside did when I was growing up. As I grew older, there were many times that my brother and I would verbally get into it. Uh, he's about nine years older than me, so a physical confrontation really wasn't going to happen or last very long, but we would verbally go at it. And that, that, perceived, that, that continued until we got a little bit older, and sometimes we got pretty mean-spirited, and I would end up mean-mouthing him in front of our mom. This was an emotional hurt for my mom. <clears throat> Excuse me. For our mom. For her to see two people that she loved dearly and cared so much about behave like that. Now, fortunately, my brother and I are much better now. We don't, we're, we're great now. But I believe that likewise, as it hurt my mom to see her children behave that way towards one another, it hurts our Father in heaven to see us behave that way with one another. So I have a problem with harsh words, and so contemplating these Proverbs and a chunk of the books of James as I, wrote, as I write this, I am once again convicted by the Scriptures of my own shortcomings. I am hesitant to discuss this topic as I will undoubtedly fail at this in the future, just as I have failed in the past. Hopefully, and perhaps I am getting better, but as always, when holding the mirror up to my own actions, it is not a pretty sight. There has been a lot of chaos and confusion over the past two years. Things have been written and said that have been very hurtful and angering. There has been much rhetoric across a spectrum of political beliefs. It is easy to get caught up in a moment of opinion disguised as righteous indignation, and I've done it, and I've failed at what I was hoping to achieve. We have had a contentious election cycle. We have a contentious news cycle. We have fought about, worried about, and for some perhaps even had guilt about racial issues. Many of us are tired mentally, physically, and spiritually by dealing with the pandemic and the fallout that it has brought us. But let us be mindful. Let us learn, rather, to be mindful of what we are thinking and saying. Let us be mindful of our anger and what is about to come out of our mouths or on a tweet or on a Facebook post. James gives us a three-point lesson on how to handle our thoughts and our words and our emotions. And he even tells us why this is important. In James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, and I'll read from the ESV. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I have so many times reversed part of the scripture in my actions. I was very quick to hear the words of the person, if not the true meaning of what they were trying to say, and also quick to speak and quick to anger. Feeling deep in my soul that it was up to me to teach someone a powerful lesson and put them in their place. But unfortunately, many times the powerful lesson I taught them was that just that I was accomplished at getting angry, and this unfortunately did not show them the truth of God's love or mercy. But here James gives a suggested way to do better, that we are to hear them and to be slow in our response. 
James tells us in a few words what we need to be working on, namely, that we need to work on the almost lost art of listening. Listening not just to the words, but to the ideas and intent behind them. Our culture, to be sure, has created an environment that makes this difficult. When we can only get information as short format sound bites, the ability to fully communicate the idea is truncated. Similarly, we want to snap back as quickly as we can. We seem to think that he who responds the quickest is witty, intelligent, and correct. So James advises us to be slow to speak. Stop planning what you're about to say while the other person is still talking. Slow down. Focus on what is truly being said. This principle of taking time to listen and to hear is used in relationship and interpersonal counseling. One exercise in this is to restate what the other person has said. Now, I'm not saying that or suggesting that that always be done out loud. But give yourself time to mentally restate it, to examine it, especially if what was said is upsetting to you. Think about it. And then think about the impact of what you are about to say next and how it may sound to the other person. Consider how many times you have regretted something you said, wishing that you could take it back. Now, let's look at James chapter 3. Again, I'll be reading from the, from the ESV. Here, James will be speaking of taming the tongue. Well, give us a few more examples or ideas. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now, I'm guessing here that James was not trying to uh, uh, find teachers for the elementary classroom at this because he's kind of, you know, not encouraging you there. But anyway, he says, For we will be judged with a greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. And trust me, there are many times my wife wishes there was a bridle in my mouth where she could control what I'm saying. And if I'm honest, I wish she had one too, or I had one too. We look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Consider when, when James is writing this, that, that force that he's talking about is us. It's this congregation. It's our families. It's the people we work with. It's the world around us. It is this nation, this country. It's everything. It's all people. This is the forest that he's talking about, and yet our tongue can set that on fire. Our very words can bring about that destruction. He goes on to say, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So let us not, so my words are now, let us not be a mouthpiece for hell. He goes on to, to say, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. 
but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And so here I can reference back to when my brother and I were mean-mouthing each other, or perhaps we can insert an us and a them in there. We're okay, they're bad. Again, it's that we are blessing God, but cursing his children at the same time. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brother, brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, what do we do with these lessons? What do we do with these points from from James chapter 1? Some things that we should work on. One, be peaceable and gentle with one another. We have all been through a lot of stress these past couple of years, and truthfully, we still have much stress to get through, whether it be this or the next trial. But as James writes about in earlier chapters, we can persevere and get through this trial. The world and our adversary stress us enough as it is. We do not need to be the agents or the fires of hell with what we say to one another and how we treat one another. Be open to reason. Listen to one another's hearts as much as to their words, or each other's hearts as much as their words. Try to see all sides of a statement before responding to it. Show mercy in your response, just as you will want mercy one day, just as we all will need mercy one day. Let us spread the peace of Christ to those around us, as our anger will not will not bring about God's righteousness. Me being mad and saying hateful things, even if true, will only drive people away. I need to always speak in a loving way, as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13. Otherwise, I'm just making noise like a cymbal or a clanging bell. So listen to one another. Think before you speak and bring peace, not anger. Perhaps, like me, someone here tonight has a problem with their mouth and how they treat or think about others. Perhaps there is some other issue that you need this church to help you with, or perhaps you're simply ready to put on Christ in baptism. If so, please come.